0: what's going on good people this is the common man nate lewis back with a brand new common take today is august 19th 2018 common man podcast.weewee.com and we are fresh off the SummerSlam pay-per-view that just finished up wrapped up about an hour or so ago and overall i really really enjoyed the show there's a ton to discuss this episode might get split into two parts discussing basically Everything I watched before and everything I had to watch later on due to having to go to work. Um, but let's get started. Now I was I watched pretty much all six hours of this program. Including the two hour pre-show which I mean you watch for the match because there's three matches on the pre-show. But um, the matches, let's see I got the times here somewhere. Um, man that pre-show was just loaded with just extra and unnecessary shit. That really pads out two hours. I mean, you figure with at least three matches, you can at least get 40 minutes or so worth of wrestling, and you you did not get that. Here, let me find the times real quick, or at least I just had it pulled up. Bear with me here. Bear with me. Okay, here we go. So we've got the C N O Ms Selena Vega versus Rusev and Lana, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak, and the B Team versus the Revival. Grand total running time of, let's see this is twenty three minutes and thirty seconds for three matches. Um, the Cian almas and Selina Vega versus Rusa and Lana. You know, it's, it's pretty much like I said on my prediction show. The guys are going to carry it for the most part. They did a pre-match backstage segment with Rusev basically telling Aiden English to stay in the back. He's been causing a of problems. They're gonna handle it from here on out. So Aiden English, I figured that was gonna be a call for him to come out, and you can go either way. He can cost Rusev and Lana the match, or he can help them win it. I figured being on the pre-show that it would be a situation where you want to keep the team together and have this moment where Aiden helps the team, and you can continue on with storyline with Rusev and Lana being baby faces and kind of carry that over for at least another couple of weeks. Uh, as Corey pointed out in the Cult of KPA group, you're way overthinking this. This is a pre-match show, and he was absolutely right. Nothing major here. Um, Vega got the roll-up on Lana after Lana was distracted on the outside. Uh, one, two, three. Selena gets the win. That way, Russo doesn't have to take a pin. Like I guess the major thing on this was almost didn't need to take a pin. Russo didn't need to take a pin. So one of the ladies had to pin each other, and there you go. Now, one of the things this might set up now is Roosevelt and are just losing no matter if Aiden is there or not. And so now Aiden can come back and say, hey, you know, I stayed in the back just like you asked me to. You guys still lost. You absolutely need me out there. So at least there's a silver lining to that as well. Uh, Up next, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak. I missed the first couple minutes of this match. Um, When I came back in, the match was... Just like every other 205 match in terms of crowd reaction, there, there wasn't much. And I figured being at least in the New York market, uh, Brooklyn, just following NXT, the fans would probably be more willing to give this match a chance. Kinda wasn't the case, uh, but very very solid solid match. Uh, the finish saw uh, the finish saw there was a series of roll ups and eventually um, Cedric tried to go for a neutralizer that was countered to an ankle lock. Some more reversals, a standing Spanish Fly which looks sick and then kind of a little bit of sloppiness with a couple of roll ups and eventually Cedric got the roll up at the end, gets the win. Like I said, a pretty solid, fun match. Uh, if this was a match on SmackDown, we'd be talking, or a match on Raw or SmackDown actually, um, it'd be one of those matches we say it was very, very good, but being on the pre-show, dead crowd, there's not going to be much to be said about it. A solid match between the guys. And then the final match on the pre-show b team versus the revival not much to say here they spent a lot of time talking about the b teams entrance song and the chant and trying to get that over the um i'm trying to remember to finish here uh bo dallas was getting uh, got rolled up uh, sorry axel got rolled up bo dallas kind of falls backwards inadvertently so one of those another one of those fluke circumstances ends up with the pin on i believe it was dawson i don't remember 1-2-3, um, B-team still the Tag Team Champions, yay. Um, this division is what it is right now for all. So, now we can move on to the actual main card. Um, I had already speculated, I figured Miz and Day O'Brien would get the opening match. Uh, big time feud, but it would be something that it would be given time if it was an opening spot. Fans would be into it. Get that out of the way, it would be a hot, hot master start to show. Instead, we start with Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler Intercontinental Championship match. The big draw about this match is Drew, Drew McIntyre is in the corner of Dolph, and the returning Dean Ambrose is in the corner for Seth Rollins. Uh, the match is pretty much what we've gotten out of these two before. Very solid, fun, great match. Um, there's even a spot where Dolph's on the top turnbuckle, Seth does this catlike jump to the top. Except for instead of hitting a normal suplex, we get a reverse suplex and then Ergo followed by a reverse dominant arrow, which was insane. Cool looking spot. Crowd all popped. Great match so far. Uh, Drew would find his way to somehow look like he would get involved and Big Daddy Dean would step over. Dean is huge. Uh, Would step over and kind of negate that. Uh, We get into kind of the finish here and Seth is going for the curb stomp. Drew goes and takes and shoves Dean Ambrose into the ring steps, this causes a distraction for Seth. Seth then eats a zigzag for a near fall that basically blew the roof off Barclay Center. Um, Followed by a couple of roll-ups, Seth's able to get a powerbomb, Drew gets up on the apron, Dean pulls him off, Dirty D's onto the floor, Seth follows that up, I shouldn't say he follows that up. He's clearly being distracted by what's going on, on the outside so as a wrestling fan you're just waiting for michael cole to hit us with the off the distraction instead he turns around and super kicks Dolph before Dolph's able to get his super kick in curve stop one two three brand new for the second time intercontinental champion Seth Rollins him and Dean celebrate after the match very 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 solid match very solid match so If you've been following the Common Man Podcast on Facebook or CommonManPodcast.Weekly.com, you know that I have a new rating system that I am going with. So this is the first match I'm going to choose to use it on. And this match was great. Great match. Absolutely great match. 100% the definition of a great match was this match that we got right here. Uh, Up next... Up next we got everyone's favorite Bella Twins, hey they're back, they're they're here at SummerSlam. What are you guys doing at SummerSlam? Well we're here to watch Ronda Rousey beat Alexa Bliss. And that's the basics of this backstage promo. This went on for a little while longer as they proceeded to rattle off their accomplishments including getting Total Bellas renewed for season 4, Total D was coming back September 19th which we got a plug for later excitement about the evolution pay-per-view, don't know what's going on, but we're going to sit by ringside and watch Ronda beat Alexa Bliss, and at that point, as a fan, I'm sitting here going, hmm, I was already skeptical of Ronda winning this match after what happened with Shayna Baszler at NXT Brooklyn, but if the rumors are true about Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey at the evolution pay-per-view, this would be the perfect time for her to somehow cost Ronda the match. and that'll take us right into that pay-per-view. So I figured we'd get fuckery in the, what ended up being the co made event of the show. Now, next up, we had New Day versus the and Brothers for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Championships, championship, championships. Uh, this match, I had a lot of fun watching this match. Um, when it comes to, here's what I'm really noticing about SmackDown when they do their Tag Team Championship matches that aren't main events or if it isn't a Smackdown only pay-per-view is for whatever reason these guys seem to have a match laid out and then have 5 minutes taken from it. That's what it kind of feels like because everything just goes fast paced, fast paced, boom 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 Uh, in this match. In this match the New Day members that were were in the match were Xavier Woods and B.E. Um, this match was dives and super kicks and just a whole lot of fun. I really enjoyed this match. Um, the finish. Xavier Woods climbs up into the turnbuckle. He's looking to hit a move on Rowan. Rowan rolls out in the rain. Harper's laying out on the outside. and Xavier hits a big elbow drop from the top rope to the floor. Biggie gets him all jacked up. They're ready to go. They go to set up the midnight driver. Rowan comes flying back in with their sledgehammer and for the DQ and they proceed to beat the shit out of the New Day for disqualification. We're going to talk later on about how a DQ finish or a count out finish doesn't necessarily detract from a match. This one kind of did, um, it still gets a good rating for me, good match. Um, maybe if we would had a clean finish it would have helped. What would have definitely helped was a little bit more time for this match, but it's still a good match. Very good. Um, the only thing I was kind of disappointed with when it comes to this finish is we spent all that time with that tag team tournament to get to this match, and it ends on a DQ. It feels like that tournament met jack shit. You could have just gave this match a New Day and had this exact ending, and the story from beginning to ending, there's nothing different. This wasn't like... Um, This wasn't anything like the New Day beat the Bludgeon Brothers at some point between their last pay-per-view title defense and this one, and so the Bludgeon Brothers felt it absolutely necessary, like, hey, we're getting out here with our titles, fuck that shit. No, it felt like New Day battled and scraped and clawed and got to a position and then fuck it. It's over with. But we'll see how this follows up on SmackDown. Maybe there is a rematch that Paige is going to sign, maybe now we get a triple threat, I don't know what happens, but just the fact that we had to go through a tournament and then this was the finale of a tournament kind of makes her whole tournament seem completely pointless. They show Jon Stewart into the crowd and Corey Grace completely botches on when Jon Stewart left the uh, the Daily Show. So obviously either he doesn't watch or he's like I am and sometimes 2015 and 2016 and 2017 all kind of run into each other. Maybe that's just the case, but coach of all people, and it was the one to correct him on that, um Good on Coach. Coach was not nearly as terrible throughout the night as he normally is. Oh, he had some he, he had his moments. And there was a there was definitely a groan from me when I saw that coach was back calling the show. But I, I will say Coach was not Coach was not coach. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, Up next, we had the uh, Kevin Owens versus Braun Strowman match. (laughs) I I I heard a lot about this match and people being very upset uh, because this was one of three, you can call them squash matches, you can call them quick matches, but it was one of three that we really had tonight. But this one to me was great. So I'm going to see if I can go by this match move by move. Avalanche in the corner, Avalanche in the corner, tackle, tackle. Choke slam on the steps on the outside. Power slam pin. Minute fifty seconds. Exactly what it needed to be. If Braun is gonna be your next challenger for the universal title, he needs to be strong. And I know people say he's always built to be strong. Well let's be let's be real here. Would a competitive match with Kevin Owens really have accomplished something where Braun is gonna come out looking like the badass and all this? Kind of even Understanding what was going to happen later on in the main event to Braun. Um, this is exactly what I needed. It was fun. I had a blast. And it kind of, I liked the fact that the match was early enough in the show. where it was okay. So, bronze Money in the Bay briefcase winner. Let's see what he does in the main event. I absolutely loved it. All the complaints that I'm hearing about it and how it makes Kevin Owens look weak. Look, Kevin Owens can talk his way into getting into another program. That's completely fine. And now that we have a baby face champion. Trust me, they'll—they'll. They'll t- I shouldn't say that. This is WWE. I was gonna say you can—you can count on them to, you know, at some point have Owens use his mouth to get back into a title match. But this is WWE. The flip side to that is you don't have that many heels on the raw side. So yeah, having Kevin Owens there um, in your back pocket that you can always call back to because of the way he talks and because he has that relationship in the past with Stephanie siding with him, I think that will all come to its advantage later. So, Kevin Owens will be fine. So up next we had the triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. And this match, first off this match went 15 minutes. Which was good. They had plenty of time and it, it kind of ended at the right time too. I was, how do I put this? This is the best Carmella has ever looked. I'm pretty sure since she's been pulled off TV and not wrestling for the last two weeks, she's had a lot of time to focus on this match, and, and it worked. And everything seemed to flow well together. Uh, the story they told at the very beginning of the match, where Carmella's trying to get Charlotte and and um, and Becky to squabble with each other, I thought that was well done. Uh, I'm I'm not going to finish that point. I'm going to hold off on that. I'm going to do that on this show i will save that for later so let's get back to talking about the match the match itself um actually surprised me i thought we would get a carmella dump out spot and we would continuously do that throughout the match and she would come in for just kind of big spots and that's it but she carmella was able to get right in there there was plenty of triple triple spots including the die that carmella hit to becky on the outside and followed up by charlotte's twisting moonsault now granted, I don't know what happened with Becky, I don't know whether she wasn't supposed to necessarily get hit by that move, or Charlotte kind of missed it, or they just missed, did not know where to stand, but basically Charlotte pretty much landed on both, air quotes, and pretty much just only got Carmella slightly. So, I mean, I love Charlotte doing these moves, but it almost seems like every time it happens, it's just like, ugh, they never can get the spots with her correct on that. Now uh, the end of the match, Becky's going for the disarmor on Carmella, Carmella makes it to the ropes, Becky repositions, gets it again, Carmella's on the verge of tapping, Charlotte comes flying in, hits the natural selection on Becky, gets the pin, Charlotte is now a seven-time women's champion, uh, Smackdown women's champion once again. Uh, After the match, basically Carmella disappears, and Charlotte is standing there victorious, the crowd's. Slightly booing and as the longer this is kind of going on, the more they're booing. Becky stands up. They embrace. The crowd really boos this. They talk to each other. Charlotte says something about this is for competition. Becky says good job. They hug again. Now the crowd is really booing this and they go to separate and Becky jumps her from behind and the crowd loses their collective shit. Becky puts the boots to her throws her into the barricade, flips her over the table, the crowd's going nuts, they're showing the replays of everything, Carmela, I'm sorry, Becky's walking up the ramp, and they show Charlotte reacting, Charlotte's eyes full of tears, and this New York crowd with one of the funnier moments of the night, as they're showing Charlotte on the screen, just it, it completely in a wreck from what just happened and what her best friend did to her, starts to chant, you deserve it. So you can take that one of two ways. Either they were screaming to Becky that you deserve it, you deserve the actual title, or you can take it the way I took it, which was they're telling Charlotte she deserves it. Now, I spent some time talking about this in the group, and I'm going to try to mirror some of the dialogue I had in there also, because I read a few things uh, about the Becky, we're calling it a turn. I guess that's the best way you can phrase it. So here's my problem with necessarily calling it a turn. This is this is what confuses me about this. I should say, when it came to the four horsewomen, when you saw that picture of Bailey winning the NXT Women's Championship from Sasha Banks and Charlotte, Sarah and Becky, Sarah and Charlotte and Becky have already been called up. But you, you look at the picture of the four at that moment. It was clear that Charlotte was the she was the leader, she was the biggest star, and you had Bailey and Sasha there. With Bailey probably right behind Charlotte and the fourth one, the one off to the right, was Becky Lynch. And since that time, Becky Lynch has become the complete crowd favorite. They booked Becky Lynch like shit for about a year straight. And the fans still love her, still get behind her. They always have faith in her, even when the WWE has done nothing but tell you over and over again by how they book her, that she don't mean shit, she won't win shit. And fuck it, but she's still over. So they eventually put her in the storyline where she rattles off a bunch of wins in a row, and it's a it's a redemption story. She was the first SmackDown Live Women's Champion, and she hasn't really been in that, been in that position since then. And so she fights and claws. She earns herself a number one contenders match against Carmella, which, to be honest, she shouldn't even have had to done anyway. She was the only woman on the roster with a winning streak. But she still had to face Carmella, beat Carmella, and so, boom, we have our number one, or our, our one-on-one match for SummerSlam. Then, she's getting beat up by Carmella. Charlotte comes out to save her. Hey, that's my friend. I'm going to save her. And I don't know whether Paige is just pissed at Carmella or what, but she books a match. So now Charlotte has the opportunity to get into this match. She wins, and now she's in the title match. And if you're Becky, what the fuck? You've been gone for a couple of weeks now. You get a win over the person I just beat, and now you're in the match. So if you're Becky Lynch, hey, it's your friend, but that's a little suspect. Hashtag suspect. So now we get to this match. Becky is the star of this match. That's just not thinking storyline, it's just being real. Becky was the star of this match. And you have Carmella beat. You have her beat. You should be the champion. And here comes Charlotte once again, been out of the match for a little bit, comes in, hits a move, and pins you. After everything you've gone through the last two years, after everything you had to go through for the last several weeks to get this opportunity, now here comes your supposed friend, interjects herself into the match, and then pins you. So after the match, yeah, she gets a little pissed, beats her up. You took this from me. And I'm sitting here going, that doesn't really make her a heel. That makes her a a normal person who's just pissed the fuck off. That doesn't necessarily scream heel to me at all. And they're trying, announcers are trying to say, hey, Becky snapped, and blah 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 that. And Charlotte's done nothing wrong. She just competed in the match, the opportunity she was given. And granted, if you're looking at this from Charlotte's perspective, yeah, you were out there to help your friend. Oh, wow, I'm going to get a chance at the title. Oh, wow, I'm in the title match. Man, I really want to win the championship because that's what we're here for at the end of the day. But you still fucked your friend hard. So you can't blame your friend for being pissed off at you and beating the shit out of you flat out. So it's it's a little weird here because the fans were so into Becky Lynch being aggressive I don't think it was so much of her just beating up Charlotte. The crowd was just upset that Becky didn't win the match. And the fact that she just didn't just go, ho oh, ho hum, I'm still Becky Balboa and I'll come back at some point. No, the crowd wanted you to be mad about it because they were mad about it. And I think that's why the crowd got behind the actual beatdown after the match. Uh, I To me, you almost have to kind of rehab Charlotte a little bit because you don't want it to be seen like she's a complete snake. So you have to do something to rehab the Charlotte portion of that. I don't think you go just straight Becky being a heel either. You can kind of play up the story of, hey, I was upset I lost. Let me get another opportunity. Maybe Charlotte sets goes to set something up and Paige puts them in a tag match. And maybe Becky's on the verge of getting win and Charlotte takes that also. And then you do another beatdown. And now it's becoming a, okay, why are you stealing everything from me? And now you're more of an actual heel type thing. That will make more of heel sense if you want to go with that. So it would be very interesting to see how they followed this up on SmackDown. Almost forgot. Didn't get this match a rating. Uh, good. Good match. Um, nothing could have really been done to make it better. I'm not going to sit here and say that Carmella drugged this match down. Even though she kind of did, but she did her part. I mean, there was nothing more to me could have been asked of Carmella. So, overall, just a good match. Uh, fantastic, fantastic post-match. That's why I spent so much time talking about it. I love the post-match. Now, while that had, may have been one of the best angles coming out of the show, it's it's, it's probably my favorite angle coming out of the show. Uh, the next match was my favorite match on the show. And it's one of those times where a, a, what we would normally call a fuck finish, Really, really worked, and I really loved how this was done. So up next we had AJ Styles Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. The weirdest thing about this match is it started off with a TNA chant, and while that was cool and kind of quirky and it kind of you know got a pop for me, they did it a few times, and so I was kind of over it the second time. And then they did a the third time, and then a the fourth time. Uh, the match itself was is what you expect from these two. It's a solid fantastic match. Uh, There was a couple of things in this match that were hella stiff and made me cringe. The uh, Styles class attempt by AJ where it looked like Joe did not get his head in the right position and looked like he spiked on his head freaked me the fuck out. And then he showed the replay and the replay was the same angle and so it still looked just as bad and I freaked out. Samoa Joe landed this unbelievable kick to AJ's back, and AJ went tumbling over the top rope. Just looked like he was complete. I think Brian Alvarez summed this up perfectly. AJ has his way of looking like he's completely out of control, but he's totally in control and is completely safe. And that's totally what that spot was. Um after that spot, Samoa Joe, who at the beginning of the match made um, sure to point out that AJ Styles' wife Wendy was in the crowd and saying hey don't worry. Um, I'm sorry Wendy's also holding AJ's daughter and he says to her Wendy don't worry. Hang on my dog's freaking out. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Um, so yeah he's, he's mentioning Wendy's in the crowd, points her out after this crazy spot and driving AJ through the steps and by the way AJ's bleeding at this point. Samojo stands on the announce table, gets on the microphone and says. Wendy, you don't even have to worry about him coming home. He won't be coming home, but I'll be your daddy. Crowd pops, and AJ loses his shit. He, he jumps up on the announce table, spears Joe through the guardrail, tosses a bunch of dorks that were standing around the ringside, hits Samoa Joe with the chair that was the DQ. AJ is completely incensed, waylays Joe some more with the chair. Goes over to his wife and daughter. His wife says, Honey, that's enough. And you can see like the calmness kind of come over him. His daughter is sitting in in his wife's arms. He goes to grab his daughter. Daughter goes, Daddy, you're bleeding and bruh feels. Got me in the fields. Hands his hands his daughter back to his wife, grabs his belt, and leaves. Yeah, it was a DQ. But God damn it, it took no heartstrings with the kid, especially with the ear bleeding part. That got me. The being enraged because another man's talking shit to your wife—that's completely understandable. And we're gonna get more matches out of these, so that's fine with me. This match was solid. This is so different than the Nakamura AJ Styles match we had at WrestleMania, where the match was just kind of okay, and then you got a fuck finish. This match was great, and the and the finish itself leads to something and it's something that you can identify with. It doesn't even have to be your husband or your husband or your wife. It's just your girlfriend. Anybody talk shit about somebody you're with bro. you you get blinders on the rage meter comes in. It's completely understandable. Love the match. This match is gonna be this match was great and that's the official rating for this match. Great. The ending almost had it to excellent. That's how much I really enjoy this post-match angle. So back-to-back matches were really interesting post-match angles, both on SmackDown, oddly enough. Up next, Elias, Broken Guitar. I'm glad this was short. And then up next, Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Now, going into this, the last couple of weeks when we knew we were gonna get this match, they've done some weird things to try to hype this match. Um, bringing up a fake baby and beating up Miz behind the scenes at it, or on set of Miz and Mrs. I didn't like any of that. A lot of you didn't like it either. What we did like is what they showed in most of the promo package and think about that for a second. You've been actively shooting angles for weeks and when it comes time for the actual video package, you showed everything pretty much but the shit you shot the last couple of weeks. It was, hey, these two knew each other eight years ago back in NXT. Hey, there's been some back and forth. Hey, they've had a match. Hey, remember the talking smack segment? Hey, remember all the shit Miz said about Daniel Bryan, not me, name of wrestle? Hey, like all that played into it. And then basically the last week. So the video package was, or if you're sitting there editing this video package, you're looking at it. and You go, we have eight years ago stuff, some stuff kind of in the middle. The talking smack and everything that happened around that time period. The angles we shot the last five weeks. Last, the go-home show. To put in this video package. And they basically went, alright, last week is good. A couple weeks ago. Oof. Well, let's let's go back to this talking smack. Yeah, that, that worked. Oh, 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 and don't forget to bring up the original stuff. It was 8 feet before. Yeah, yeah, well, What about the stuff we shot? Let's, we'll put that in there. It'll, it'll be in there. I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. So, the match itself... Um, actually I gotta backtrack a little bit. Um, we were shown backstage, Miz is getting ready to walk to the ring. He runs into the B-Team, the former Miztourage. And Miz is, you know, congratulating them on being tattoo champions and still being successful. Even after Daniel Bryan split them up. He assumes that they're there to help congratulate him and, and help him out. So he asks him to go ring around the limo. B-Team basically puts an end to that and says, hey, we're tattoo champions. And... The B-Team stands for Daniel Bryan. Makes sense of that. They then announced that even though The Miz has a reality TV show, they're thinking of a reality TV show called Total Fellas. If the segment had ended there, that would have been really, really funny. Instead, they tried to go back and say, well, it'd be with the so it'd be Total Fellas. Ha 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 Now we get to the match. The match itself, uh, really, really solid. There was a... Uh, some callback spots. Well, I shouldn't say callback spots. There were um, a- exchanging spots where you can see the times that Miz has taken from Daniel Bryan. They did the, the it kicks, and at some point Daniel Bryan fired up and was feeding himself into the it kicks. Follows that up with a uh, think was a running knee at that point. Uh, Daniel Bryan, by the way, wearing Seahawks colors. I thought that was pretty cool, and not seeing him in the traditional maroon that was that was kind of cool to see. Uh, Figure four spot, which I made the note at the time that no one wins with the figure four anymore. So that was kind of a cool spot there. Um, They showed us very early, early on as the Miz was making his entrance that Maurice was sitting ringside. Uh, We get to the part then at towards the finish of the match. uh, Daniel Bryan is basically kicking the Miz's ass, sending him into the barricade where Maurice is. And I thought it was a cute moment. Miz has a little bit of a boogie hanging out and Maurice is trying to help clean him up. That's Lil right there. I won't get all up in your snot and clean you up because, baby, you looking ridiculous. That's nothing but love right there. Anyway, and the second time he's landed into the barricade, we're not really shown it initially, but we can see Maurice kind of holding the Miz's hand. Uh, Miz turns around way lazy and Ryan, one, two, three, gets the pin. We're shown on replay that it looks like Maurice handed Miz some brass knuckles, but I can't really tell that that's what that was. So to me I didn't see it. I'm just gonna assume that Daniel Bryan's got them hands. I'm sorry that Miz got them hands and just knocked them smooth out. So until y'all can show me indisputable proof that they were brass knucks, um nah, Miz just knocked Daniel Bryan smooth the hell out. And that was the end of the match. Afterwards, Miz is celebrating, we're shown uh, backstage Daniel Bryan's got this huge ice to his head because the Miz just straight up hit him with the Mike Tyson hands. And he's saying that is Cheating, even though he clearly didn't see it, you didn't see it, I didn't see it. I don't know what he's talking about. But he's there with Bree, and Bree's trying to pump him back up. She says she's gonna stay back there with Brian. Brian says, "No, go enjoy the rest of the show." Which I really did think at that point it was really a tease for the finish of the Ronda and and Alexa Bliss match. It wasn't, but I thought that was more of a tease for what was to come with that. Uh, Bree leaves. Dale's visibly upset. And we move on to the next match. Oh, almost forgot. I gotta get used to doing this rating thing. Um, so this match was this match was tricky for me. It was easily a good match, and it peaked on being great. Um, this is another case where people are who may think the Miz is just an okay worker and he gets carried by other guys. I mean, you can either make the case for or against it here. This match was really well done. Um, I I'm on the verge of giving it a great. This rating system's new, so we'll 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 go ahead. This match was great, great rating for this match. Um before we actually before we get to the next match, there've been airing promos for this. was it called? The Super Show Face Off or something like that. Like the worst name for a professional wrestling show in 2018 I've ever heard. Um, and during the promo, we're giving the Triple H versus Undertaker for the last time ever. It's the epic conclusion of one of the greatest rivalries in the history of WWE. And I, hit a, I, I had to, I had to, I, I what? Like, like, don't get me wrong. They had those two media matches that were absolutely great. Um, they both would be actually, yeah, they were. One was great and one was excellent. Um, just really, really phenomenal matches. And the re- match of WrestleMania 17 was a great match, also. But as far as I never really considered these two to be rivals, Uh, I just considered them to be opponents. But it's the WWE narrative, we just have to suck that up. Constable Corporate Kane Corbin comes out, and he's ready for his match with Finn Balor. But alas, we get the Demon for the third straight SummerSlam, even though Michael Cole would have you believe that last year's match with Bray Wyatt did not happen until... I guess someone got in his ear and told him that it did happen. He corrected himself in a very low-key manner. But the demon comes out. And my initial thought was is something that someone else said in the uh, cafe discussion thread, too, was they wasted the demon king on Corbin. Like, this rivalry isn't especially heated. The, they've had some back and forth. And obviously, uh, Corbin is a thorn in in Balor's side. But it's not like... And they made it throughout the match this very short, short match. Um, easily a squash. I think it was like 86 seconds or something like that. Actually, i am I guessing? Let me look it up real quick. But uh, this is definitely... Yeah, it may have been longer than 86 seconds. Let's see here. All right. A minute 35. So a minute 35. 86 seconds, close enough. Um, throughout this short time that they had this match, the announcers are trying to state that this... The Demon King of Finn Balor is this unstoppable force, and it was just, did did Finn really need that to beat Corbin? Like, he's he's done pretty well against Corbin in the matches that they had. Might not have gotten a victory, but that's through unmitigated circumstances. I would not say that he needed to pull out the Demon King to beat Baron Corbin. However, um, like I said, it just the Third straight Summer Sam that they brought out the Demon King, so if it's going to be a yearly thing, cool. Just not use that Mania, just use that SummerSlam, that's fine. It makes it an attraction for SummerSlam. Just hope that next year is against a a, a opponent that we're A, really excited to see the match, and so thus the Demon King must be brought out. But pretty much a squash. Coup de grace for the win. Not much to say about this one. Yeah. Up next, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy for the US title. Um, Not really much to say about this one either. Um, Jeff's eyes. And the gimmick he's doing with the painting on his eyelids and the contacts, it's weird. Um, Crowd was kind of dead for this, we're at this far a length of this match. And, you know, did some cute spots early on with Shinsuke kind of mocking Jeff Hardy and Jeff Hardy mocking Shinsuke. than nothing, nothing to this match until we got to Jeff hitting a swanton um, awkwardly on Nakamura. And then Nakamura rolling to the outside and Jeff attempting a swanton from the top rope onto the fucking edge of the ring which sucked because Jeff landed all tight up on his fucking back and neck on the side just why? just why yo? like for the match went 11 minutes um, afterwards Shinsuke threw him in the ring asking um, Kinshasa for the pin just totally not necessary for Jeff to take this bump didn't really add to the match, it's just one of those things where like he hits it and you're just going w- w- why? Um, Randy Orton music, music hits, he comes out, he looks, he leaves. Gotta collect those paychecks, Randy. <laughs> up next. Up next is Raw Women's Championship match time. Lexa comes out first. And I'm gonna have, I'm gonna end up saying a lot more about not the match, but about this angle in general, but let's just get through the match first. Leslie comes out first, which pissed some people off. It, it, just get over it. We're at this point now where just whoever's the bigger star comes out second. Ronda comes out, beelines it to the ring. Her, I wanted to mention something earlier about Carmella, and I said if I was going to do it, I was just going to do this one time, given the climate that we're in, some of the stuff that happened this past week. So I'm going to use that time to talk about it now. I don't know what's going on with Rhonda's makeup. It is horrid, absolutely horrid. I love the, the the actual attire with the gloves and all like that. All was cool, but the fucking makeup was horrid. So she comes out. She's got this kind of the same thing Becky Lynch had with the lines and the extra colors around the eye and everything. It just it looks it looks ridiculous. Um, so they start the match. Rhonda's Pumped up, we're doing the cat and mouse game where Alexa's making dice to the outside of the ring and totally not wanting to be involved with the match. Rhonda's doing a lot of talking during the match. Just you can tell she's excited. She's just really excited, um, which kind of gave it away that she was winning the match. Uh, at one point, she turns her back to Alexa and dares her to get in. She sits Indian style with her back turned. She puts her hand over her eyes. Bliss jumps in, goes for a rear naked choke. Rhonda counters. Not how you would normally counter a rear naked choke, but she gets that in, just starts flipping Alexa all over the place, Alexa's ass over tea kettle, taking bumps. We then get to the portion where Rhonda is using her knee as a fulcrum and bending Alexa's arm backwards. Again, Alexa's double jointed, I know that, it still weirds me out seeing her arm bend that way. Rhonda gets the arm bar, tap out, Ronda's your new women's champion, again, she's... Over the moon excited. Natalia's in the ring celebrating with her. The bellas hit the ring. Everybody boos, Rhonda jumps into Travis's arms, says she loves him, shows the bell to the crowd. She's so happy she's the champion. Her, the bellas, and Natalia hit to the top of the ring, uh, to the top of the ramp. They're celebrating more. They really focus on Natalia being there. Um, Rhonda says, you know, this is for you, Jim, this is for you, Roddy, just Overall, it's fun. It'll hit every sports circuit or every MMA circuit and all the mainstream media tomorrow. Great moment. Match was what it needed to be. It could have used a lot more tossing of Alexa around the place, a lot more of a beatdown, but I'm completely happy with the match itself. Now, now that we got the match out of the way, some of the things I've been reading I'm very perplexed about. So, one of the things I read was, ronda has got five matches and she's the champion. To which I had to point out to someone, or no, it wasn't even that. It was Ronda's had five matches in WWE, gets a title shot, and wins the title. And to a couple of people I had to point out quickly, Gail Kim won her championship the first night she was in the company. Paige won the Divas championship the first night she was in the company and someone wanted to point out what well, she's been wrestling at NXT well <laughs> your quote said matches in WWE so regardless that's the case so yeah if you got somebody that's a big enough star you put the belt on them and you go with it another thing I heard was that this match did nothing for Alexa Alexa has been a champion for how long since the brand split? Alexa's gotten her due Alexa was the one who calls Ronda winning the belt back at money in a bank So yeah okay Alexa got beat down cool she got beat down by someone you're building as the baddest woman on the planet now Alexa can go on from here you can do a rematch and hopefully it ends the exact same way and then Alexa moves on to another few and then you can come back Alexa's not hurt by this Alexa's the most push star on the uh, push woman star on the roster like, she beats everybody. All the time. Getting ass beat in this match, not going to hurt her a bit. Let's get over that. Now as far as Ronda goes and where this leads to next, it would be very interesting to see if her next opponent, once she gets past the Bliss part of it, where they're setting up for the Evolution pay-per-view, is it still going to be Nikki Bella? Because you got no hint here that that's the direction that they're going. So I hope they change their mind on that. But if they didn't, Ronda's should obviously beat Nikki as well. And then what? They need to get the survivors here. It's just, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Ronda now. Um, She's on Raw all the time, so I don't want to hear that complaint. Um, She wrestles. She just had her first Raw match two weeks ago. So she'll be there. So I don't, that's not going to be an excuse for you guys to not like her in that regard. So I'm just very interested to see what they do with Ronda going forward. And this will take us to our main event. Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns. Universal Championship. So the big dog comes out first and he's the big dog because they got a graphic of a dog, a floating graphic of a dog above Roman's head because just the floating graphics is just the most genius thing this company has come up with. Mason's way down to the ring. Brock comes out next, looking smaller, a lot smaller and more lean than we've seen him in a while. accompanied by Paul Heyman and just, you know, any little hint that we got last week of Paul Heyman doing something or turning. Yeah, that just all went out the window. Just kind of didn't happen. Paul does his stick, Raining, defending, defending, defending. Just to kind of rub it in New York's face. Um, By the way, Roman's getting booed. Not nearly as bad as I thought. I mean, on the initial interest, he he was. Um, When they announced his name, it was kind of a mixture. Brock kind of got no reaction, which kind of made me fearful. And then Braun's music hits. Braun comes out. Grabs a microphone, says that unlike other people, he's gonna challenge you with using the money in the bank in using the money in the bank face to face. That gets popped. pop. He says, good luck to both of you. He says, I don't care if it's you, Roman, or I don't care if it's you, looking at Brock and called him Beastie Boy, which made me chuckle. The crowd loved that, ate that up. And he says, good luck to both men. He's gonna be standing on the outside, and it doesn't matter which one it is, one of them is gonna get these hands. So bell rings, Roman goes off, hits like four or five superman punches, three spears, gets a near fall. Um, Brock is trying to recover, I mean it all happened fairly quickly. Um, After Roman slowly recovers, he pulls off the gloves, suplex city time. Um, We then get to Roman attempting a spear onto Brock, Brock moving out of the way. And, and, and Roman takes out Braun Strowman. Strowman's out. Brock goes to the outside, hits the F5 on Strowman. Roman kind of disappears going into the ring. Brock continues to lay out Braun with chair shots and with the briefcase. He throws this fucking briefcase into the video board at the top of the ramp. Puts a nice dent in it. It's a cool ass moment. This is another gift worthy moment. Gets back into the ring, eats the spear one two three roman reigns finally slays the dragon and the match was just short enough and there was enough going on with brock and being awesome and beating down on braun and braun's actions and all that to kind of keep the fans from getting time to turn on the match other than the both guys suck or both you suck chant they got in there briefly but roman gets the win um they showed the crowd pops for the title change roman's Holding, glance-setting, holding the belt, saying no more part-timers. They go off the air, and that is that. Braun was laid out by Brock and some chair shots after he's been through garbage disposal, cascading chairs, and everything like that. The match was fine, exactly what it needed to be. It actually was more than what I thought Brock was probably going to do in the match, so there's that. Um, and that's it. We'll see where these goes. We now have a full-timer as champion. You guys can bitch and moan about Roman being the guy, but you cried even worse about Brock not being there, even though his matches, to me, meant a whole lot more when he was there. 500-something days as champion. People want to point out the number of title defenses. Don't care. When he defended the title, it was important. It was a big deal. And, And that's that. We'll see what happens with Brock, whether he tries to invoke a rematch clause or he's completely out of here like I pointed out he looked smaller and when I say smaller I don't mean like he just shriveled up but he's a lot leaner he's not as bulky and massy as he normally is so you can tell that whatever he's planning on doing to pass some USADA test from here on out until he decides if he's getting back in the octagon he's definitely doing it so uh, overall SummerSlam um, good show Um, good show borderline and great show obviously doesn't top takeover that we saw the previous night, but overall a good show, fun show, there's some storylines that we have going forward that intrigue me. I mentioned before about the whole Becky Lynch thing, the Dan Bryant missing, piques my interest, the Styles and Joe thing, and as I just ratted off those three, I just realized they were all SmackDown related. (laughs) And and the Ronda, Ronda's, what happens next to her intrigues me as well, but everything pretty much, SmackDown really owned the night tonight. So with that said, I'm going to get out of here. It's a uh, man. I did three, is it three shows, three shows in three days. So it's the first time I've done that in a while. So I hope you guys um, hope you guys enjoyed check out the other shows I had over the weekend as well. Check out common man podcast at we There's more content and stuff up there as well, um, including the article overlying this rating system, which I just realized as I am now talking, I didn't give ratings to the last two match. Um, Let's see, Brock and Roman, we'll call it a'ight. It was exactly what it needed to be, but it's, it, was, it was it was short. If I was just grading this on what this was supposed to accomplish, this would get a great. But as a match as a whole, it's I. Same thing goes with Ronda and Alexa. It's a'ight For And if it was supposed to be what it was supposed to be for, it was excellent. But the match itself, all right. So there you go. Last two ratings on the show. Um, so yes, follow me on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all the links are in the description. They're all on the website, commonmanpodcast.weebly.com. What do you guys think of the show? Let me know. Hit me up on all the formats, any of the formats. Find me in a Cult of K-Faid group. Let's discuss it. With that being said, guys, good night. Peace and chicken grease.